All right, good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here. It is Thursday morning, November 4th, 2021. So glad that you have found this stream. We call this Romans Rewind. This is an opportunity for us to sort of parallel, run parallel with the sermon series. Um, on Sunday mornings, we've been preaching through the book of Romans. Obviously, if you're familiar with the book of Romans at all, you know it's a voluminous book. It has, um, it's packed full of, chock full of, of doctrinal truths, theological ideas. There's just, there. you can spend a whole lifetime in Romans, not get it all out. That's why we have eternity, right? And, and so we take this moment, 10, 15 minutes, Monday through Friday, to get a snapshot of some theme, idea, verse, concept that we didn't have time to really unpack in full. And so that's what we're doing. And we are in Romans 4. Now, the great burden of Paul uh, the apostle in Romans 3. Well, first of all, let's just trace the argument so far. Uh, Romans 1 and 2, Paul lays out the crystal clear case that everyone needs a Savior. Everyone um, has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone is under the just wrath and judgment of God. Gentile, Jew, religious, non-religious, irrespective of persons, we're all in the same boat. And upon making this case, then Paul transitions, pivots in Romans 3, 21 to tell us that God has remedied this situation. He has provided a pathway um, from himself to us. This is God reconciling himself to us. This is not us doing anything to, to get back in the good favor of God and the good graces of God. This is not about doing good works so that... Um, that God will be pleased with us. Rather, it's the exact opposite. God did the ultimate good work of sending his son as a propitiation, a sacrifice for sins. And this sacrifice for sins covers our sins. It blots out our transgressions. It diverts the wrath of God onto himself, Jesus. And how is all this um, available to us? It's available through faith. And that's the ultimate good news, right? that this is a free gift. We can do nothing to earn or deserve it. And Paul has taken great pains to make to say this, this same truth over and over again in a variety of ways. And, and one of the ways is that he's held up the examples of Abraham and David to show that salvation has always been by grace through faith, um, even under the Old Covenant in the Old Testament. And Abraham and David were both um, examples of this, that both walked by faith. They were sinful, broken men, yes, but they were trusting in the promises of God. And now Paul seems to be saying, if it's true for Abraham and David, and Jesus hadn't even come yet, right? When Jesus came, his, his death and resurrection was retroactively applied to all of those under the old covenant who did have faith. If, if this is true for Abraham and David, how much more true for us, church, as New Testament believers, New Covenant believers? We now have the full revelation of God given to us through Jesus Christ. And it's upon receipt of him and trust in him and faith in him that we are justified, made right before God. Now, what I want to do this morning is sort of point the ship towards where we are going to be heading on Sunday. This is sort of to, to whet your appetite a little bit, to, um, to get the juices flowing, to begin to give you something to think and to pray about. Um, as, as you anticipate um, being at church on Sunday and hearing this next passage in Romans 4. And so let me read the passage we're going to be in this Sunday. 
and then let me kind of point the way some things you can be thinking and praying about. So I'm going to start back in verse 16, kind of give us a running start into the text. This is Romans 4, 16. Paul said, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So this is what seems to be Paul's major burden as he brings this section to a close. He's talked all about justification. He's talked all about propitiation. He's talked all about the nature of God's grace. And he has said that all of this is available through the means of faith. And I think what Paul does here um, in this last section of chapter four is that he wants to get a close-up of faith. He wants to put faith sort of under the microscope or... um, in the, in the lens of the telescope, so to speak. He, he wants to enlarge it, give us a close-up view, because if it's true that without faith it is impossible to please God, then, as the writer of Hebrews says, then it is of utmost importance, is it not, that we understand what faith is and, correspondingly, what faith isn't. And so faith is obviously one of those words that is thrown around um, our culture even, that people sort of freely um, utilize, you know, to apply to a variety of situations. Oh, I just had faith that our team was going to win. I had faith in my teammates. I had had faith it was all going to work out. I had faith that it was going to be my day. That kind of talk. But oftentimes what people mean by faith is really just wishful thinking. It's really just um, pie in the sky, uh, hold your finger to the wind, try to try to hope karma's on your side. That's, that's a lot of times what people mean by faith. That's not what the Bible means by faith. Um, the Bible, um, when it talks about faith, is talking about something essential and crucial to who we are, but not just who we are, but most importantly, who God is, all right? So I want you to notice in this passage, and I don't want to preach Sunday sermon before we get there, right? I want you to notice that as Paul is talking about faith, even in the midst of that, and he's talking about Abraham's human response to the promises and workings of God, the accent here clearly falls on God, right? Um, Abraham's faith is crucial, it's important, it's vital, but it's derivative of who God is and who God has revealed himself to be. So, it won't do us any good to have faith in an untrustworthy object. It won't do us any good to have faith in some sort of uncertainty. Um, that's not biblical faith. 
biblical faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we cannot see. So being sure and certain ultimately is not dependent upon us, but our assurance of faith is ultimately grounded in him, who he is, who he's revealed himself to be. So the object of our faith is much more important than the quantity of our faith, if that makes sense. In other words, God, Jesus says, I can take your little faith as tiny as a mustard seed, and I can multiply it for gospel blessings. But that couldn't be the case if we were trusting in an uncertain object, an, un, an unknown object, um, something that we didn't know for sure whether we can count on or not. And so I just want to kind of drop that here as we, as we head in towards Sunday to get you to begin to think and pray about um, that God would open your eyes to the magnitude of his being, that God would reveal himself in a mighty, awesome, glorious way to you through the word. Go through this passage and meditate on all of the ways that Paul highlights the character and the sovereignty of God. How, how God is the one that gives life, how God is the one that creates, how God is the one that raises from the dead, how God is the one who's faithful to his promises, and think on those things, right? And a lot of times when we have doubts or assurance of faith issues, we turn inwardly and we try to look at the quality of our faith, the quantity of our faith. And I think here Paul would say, no, 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 look towards Jesus, look towards God and who he has revealed himself to be. That's the most important thing that we can do. And as our conception of God becomes clearer and less ambiguous and larger and bigger, then correspondingly, right, our hearts are able to entrust themselves to him. And so as we again head into the Sunday, spend some time in this passage. Be thinking about who does God reveal himself to be? And then how does Abraham respond to that revelation? And we do see, despite all of his flaws his excesses, his sins, his failings, Abraham has the heart of faith. When it says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, that's because he knew his God. The people who know their God, Daniel eleven thirty two, will display strength, take action, and that is what faith is. Now, that's all for today. Just a, a, a program note here. We will not be here tomorrow, Friday, November 5th, okay? We're going to... Um, going to be off the air. We'll be back Monday, of course, to talk about this text some more. But I'm praying. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope to see you on Sunday as we dive into Romans 4 together. Let's pray. Lord, we ask now that you would do immeasurably more than we can hope or imagine. That if we feel our faith uh, faltering this season, if we feel weak, if we feel um, despair or hopelessness, Lord, that we would not turn that microscope inwardly on ourselves because we know what's there. No answers are there, but the answers are found only in you to reveal yourself to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. See you back Monday or hope to see you Sunday at Four Oaks. Bye.